0: Greetings, Father Jonathan. Deacon David, how are you now? Pretty good, dude. How was your homily
1: yesterday for the
0: fifth Sunday?
1: You know, I think it was pretty good, not going to lie. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a little biting. I called people out. Not individually. Not individually. Basically, I said, look, folks, here are some really (laughs) wonderful things that Isaiah is saying. And I even pointed out the... Decided lack of qualifications in any of his commands to Mm -hmm. to care for the poor and the vulnerable. Right, Um, but then I I also said, yeah, well, and I said, so here's the hard, here's the thing, right? We we all consider these to be really difficult things to do, but it's not because of the things. Like Catholic social teaching and the corporal works of mercy are not hard. Just do it. So what's the hard? (laughs) So what's the hard part then? The hard part is our pride, our ego. Those are the things that get in the way. Those are the things w- of what Saint Paul says um, when we're not standing with Christ, um, sharing in that light. Because you can, oh, like you can do yeah. all of those other things and not be a Christian. So what's the mm. gospel here? Um, it's doing them so that the Lord, so that. Um, our Father in Heaven may be glorified, as Jesus No, says. that's
0: great. That's a good point. Like, feeding the poor is not difficult. What's difficult yeah. is getting over yourself to feed the poor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I also had a very—I I felt very good about my homily afterwards, and I didn't go hard on the corporate works of mercy. and said I did, I went exclusively to the gospel. Hmm. Um And Focus only on the salt and light and I was actually pretty happy with myself. This actually will will play into this week's readings as well I decided to start my homily by Contextualizing it with where we are in Matthew's gospel. Uh Um, That's a good on the sermon on the Mount, you know the sermon on the mount (laughs) Uh, And we missed the first part of it when we had the Feast of the presentation, which was Mm -hmm. two weeks ago Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the Beatitudes and so I, I started giving a little bit of like what is the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount? Well, let's think about what Matthew's Gospel is trying to do, presenting Jesus as the new Moses. Uh-huh. And what he's doing on the mountain is giving us the new law, like Moses brought the law. Anyway, so... Yeah, I like that. You know, I like that. You know, the, with the Beatitudes, you have the Ten Commandments. But then I started to connect what what are salt and light for us in the new mm-hmm. covenant. And so what I did, um, I did some reading of some of the Church Father commentaries on Matthew's Gospel and where is salt and where is light in the Mosaic Law. And maybe drawing connections there of how is Jesus making something new uh, out of images that were very prevalent within the old law. Uh-huh. Uh, so kind of like really
1: what cool. our readings are for today.
0: Exactly. So our readings for this Sunday, for the sixth Sunday Ordinary time, especially the gospel, it's all about Jesus taking something from the old law, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to highlight that. Like sure. Jesus, for Matthew, Jesus is the new Moses. Uh, and so he's the lawgiver here on the Sermon of the Mount. And so here, like, He does it four times. He says, uh, or three times. He says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. It's Mm -hmm. like he's speaking as the lawgiver. I say to you, you've heard it said in the law of Moses, X, but I say to you, Y. And so there's something really powerful there about who is Jesus to Matthew. He's the man who comes to bring the new law. He's the new Moses.
1: I like that. And this may be a different conversation, but I always find it striking that, you know, he is the new law. He is. He even says at the beginning, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Oh, but, I love then, that. but then later on, it's like, well, you've heard it said, but I say. So mm-hmm. it is kind of like an abolish. I mean, he's not abolishing, sure. He's giving yeah. us more context. He's, he's filling them out a little bit. Right. Well, he's fulfilling um, them. Right. So right. It's like, right.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's something, there's something good about that is that it's not it's like the, the Ten Commandments. He quotes from them, right? You shall not kill. He doesn't say that's now abolished. Only worry about your anger. Mm-hmm. He's saying you've heard it said, do not kill. But I say to you, anytime you are angry, you are breaking this com- this commandment. Mm-hmm. So it's going deeper and saying yeah. you're killing by showing anger towards your neighbor. So it's well, like, go ahead. It's like it's not just, it's not an abolishment of the the, the commandment to not kill. It's a deepening of it and saying, no, we're going to apply it even further. So it's actually making the law, in a sense, if we could say this, more strict. (laughs) You know, I think we we tend to think of Jesus loosening things up, but it kind of makes it harder on us here. Well,
1: I think think he's trying to break away from that legalistic thinking of things.
0: Hmm. So
1: like, I'm going to push this sin up to its limit, but I'm not going to cross that line, so I'm not actually sinning. Like, okay, well, so, yeah, it's clear that when you murder somebody, that's breaking that commandment, you shall not kill. Ah, uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But we try to legalize, legal, legalize or whatever our way uh-huh. um, around breaking that rule. So we'll do everything we possibly can up until that point. But yeah, as long as we're not as crossing long... the point, then we're right. fine. And yeah. Jesus is saying, well, stop thinking of it that way. <laughs> mm. Because the, oh, that yeah. law, the law of God is so much deeper than don't do this.
0: Right. Right. So it's not just don't kill, like literally take the life of another person, but it's going deeper to the heart of my yeah. intentions, of my feelings, of where I stand before my neighbor, because yeah, you're right. He's like,
1: really looking at why, like why, mm. how do how does somebody get to the point when they that they would actually kill somebody? Well, yeah. you've got to build that anger in your heart or to yeah. harden your heart. Ooh. Like you don't just all of a sudden say, oh, I'm going to go kill this person. <laughs> that really right. happens. You've got to have some serious problems to do that
0: right so getting to the root yeah right? so there's maybe something there about you know jesus didn't jesus didn't come to abolish the law to give us license to do whatever we want you know the first reading has that at the end of it with Syrac. uh to no one does he give license to sin so right. clearly jesus is not giving us license to sin by saying i i replace the commandment not to kill there's no license here to kill nor is there a license to commit adultery he's going deeper and saying the root cause of killing is anger. Mm-hmm. The root cause of adultery is lust. Right. So if we want to root out the sin, well, let's put our finger on the lust. Let's put our finger on the mm-hmm. anger, which is a hard, it's harder.
1: That's, That's much hard. Harder. Absolutely. It's <laughs> hard. Yeah. You know, well, it's, that because it's, it means it, that means becoming vulnerable and to actually admit mm-hmm. that I've got a problem. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, I can, well, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely it's, harder.
0: It's easy not to kill. It's a lot harder not to be angry. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be um, tempted to rob a bank, but I'm going to be right. tempted with jealousy. You betcha. Right.
0: Yeah. Some people are, clearly, and not to trivialize their sin. But, you know, the truth of the matter is for most of us, Jesus is speaking on the mountain to the, what is what is the God, the Alleluia verse? He's revealed this to the little ones. Right. You know, he's right. speaking to right. the little ones.
1: What is he revealing though? And that's the thing we can't forget. You have revealed to the little ones the mysteries of the kingdom like it's not just a revelation well Mm -hmm. it's you know this is well it is the revelation it's the it's the tearing back of that veil to say look it's not just about um kind of like last week like you were saying you know do these things yeah okay don't kill don't commit adultery like that's the easy part stop it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but go deeper look at what the kingdom is actually calling us to or what god is Mm -hmm. calling us how god is calling us to live in the kingdom Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's such a deeper soul-searching. The Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God, Mm St. Paul says. mm
0: -hmm. Right. You know, it's not in this passage in Matthew, I'm not sure where it is, uh, where Jesus speaks about divorce, uh, Uh but he doesn't say it here, but elsewhere he says, Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. Mm. So... So there's something to be said about the law of Moses having a reason, right? That there sure. Moses allows for certain things and forbids certain things, but God, Jesus goes deeper and says, you know, you shall not divorce and you shall not commit adultery because he's going to the root sin here of perhaps lust um, or, you know, anger or whatever. So going to that root sin, the revealing, pulling back, looking at the deeper thing, not just the external sin, but what's mm-hmm. motivating the sin. What's the deeper mm-hmm. sin here, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Um, yeah, and, you know, I think the the language of following the law of the Lord, you know, we get that a lot in um, Sirach says, if you choose, you can keep the commandments, they will save you. Okay, great. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Okay, this is a little, getting a little weird. Um, and now we have Jesus kind of, again, breaking down some of these laws. I think it can be a little... Off putting for a lot of people to constantly be using that word law. Which one? Law. Mm. Um, like we can, it can make people feel a little bit too scrupulous. Like I do have to, you know, c- pluck up my eye every time I look at somebody the wrong way, you know, cut off right. my hand every time it sins. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I don't think that's really what Jesus is talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, because these laws give us structure, they give us. You know, one of my favorite images—I can't remember where I read this—but what's a river without banks? Well, it's a swamp. Hmm. Um, and so the the law are kind of like these banks that help us flow properly. Yeah. And when we yeah. give ourselves to that law and don't just look look at them as you know these roadblocks in the way of us of our flourishing, but are very right. flourishing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. then it changes everything. And I th- and I really think that that's what Jesus is getting at with. His yeah. kind of reinterpretation of the law, right? It's like, so let's look so at this a little have, differently. Let me
0: let me help you with that image of, of, so so with the law, we were given the parameters, but with through which we can flow like a river. But the great thing about a riverbank too is it allows for the water to run deeply. The th- mm-hmm. one thing that a swamp doesn't have is depth; it just right. has breadth. And so when you have a riverbank, that bank allows for the water to run deep as well, and not just flow. And what's great about that is that in the law with Jesus, he's going to the depths of mm, the yeah. of the sin, right? So he's going deep down. There's something really important here about who Jesus is. He's not just the lawgiver like Moses was from the, the top of the mountain. He's sitting there, sitting high and mighty, proclaiming the law. We know that Jesus also is the one who's going to go down from the mountain and go down into death and go down into hell. He goes all the way down. So yeah. he's... He's the man who's always got downward movement, and he's telling us that he's going to go all the way down into your heart to pluck out the anger, to pluck out mm-hmm. the adultery that's coming from lust. So when we go to confession, when we confess our sins to God, he's rooting out all of that inside of us. You know, So it's not just that we have the externalization of the law, and we know we're doing right because we're doing external things. No, we're we're on the right path because Jesus touches the depths of who we are you know and that the law has entered into our hearts and not mm-hmm. just stayed on the surface um anyway yeah this is all this is all really good so i think i mean the the rubric for me is still jesus is the new moses and sure. what is the what is the law of the new covenant and the law of the new covenant it's easy to just use the platitude that the law of the new covenant is love but what does that mean what it means here is that he's taking the law of moses and making it He's raising the bar a little bit by going deeper into our hearts, you know
1: yeah, well, and I think you know I'm kind of on this light kick not just because of last week and the week before, and you know the star that guided the um the wise men. Mm-hmm. but I really i'm I've really been struck with that image from Candlemas that these candles that we bless, we take with us as a reminder of what's happened at the mm-hmm. Nativity and what will happen at the Passion, after the Passion, mm-hmm. with the Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And like, th- I think this law is that, like this is how we do our day-to-day business. Like this is what we do. This is how we live. And this is how we keep that light burning. Even mm-hmm. if we can't mm-hmm. see it, even if it's dark, even if it's, you know, if we're, so, if we're so overcome by sin and by all of these different things in our lives, like the light is still there. All you have to do is... Well, to look at it mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and to and to approach that and to stand close to Jesus, who is the yeah. light.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so the response royal psalm, blessed are they who actually follow the law. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> you got to
1: actually do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. One, one thing I highlighted from the first reading that I really liked is three times uh, Sirach says the word choose. Mm. So if you choose, Mm. you can keep the commandments. To whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. Yeah, so before Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given to him. Like that is awesome. That's an awesome line. And it reminds me of Moses. Because in Moses and Deuteronomy we have, before you have placed life and death, choose life.
1: Right, exactly, exactly.
0: So this is pervasive throughout the Old Covenant and also in Jesus and the New Covenant is that God puts before us, the choice and that's a really beautiful show of love that god gives us the freedom to choose him or to reject him yeah and in, well, in the old back... law he gives us he gives us the options with the commandments he tells us clearly but in the new covenant he tells us you know i've told you something new here and it's hard but i'm laying it before you choose or and choose wisely you know choose <laughs> life or choose yeah. death you know
1: well, and it's also fascinating to look at that, exactly what you just said, in terms of the story from um, the Garden of Eden. Like, that's how we were created. And we chose wrongly. We chose poorly. Mm-hmm. And now, with the new tree of life at the center of our of our garden of our world, um, the cross, um, we're offered that same choice. Yeah. And now we've got a little bit more... Um, uh, a, a little bit more, a few more resources to make that right choice. We've got God Himself becoming flesh and dying for us, so that we right. may choose life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: we also have the law. I mean, the law was given to our fathers for a reason to get show right. them the path. Right. You know, and then you know, just like the Alleluia verse, I've come to reveal the path to the little ones, reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. Um, it's really hard to say that we don't know the path anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, In and that's Jesus, also, we know the way. Um, what was that story, Lazarus and the rich man? What did he tell the rich man? Well, you have Abraham, you have Moses, you have the prophets. If you didn't listen right. to them, how could you believe somebody would be raised from the dead?
0: Exactly. Yeah. No, that's good. It's like, do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think both of us have a lot, like we can both take a lot from these readings to feel very inspired to preach with a lot of magnanimity. But how I, do we narrow it yeah, I think both of us are going to struggle to narrow it down because <laughs> yeah. it's like for for me the the key point last week was Jesus is the new Moses, how is this law a fulfillment sure, of the old sure. covenant? Which itself is a pretty broad question, but it at least helped me focus. And I could do the same thing this week, but I would challenge us to like I was listening to somebody, I think I was listening to Father Bar- uh, Bishop Barron, and he was saying something like if you can't boil your homily down to two sentences, you probably haven't thought about it enough. Right? Exactly. Um, I totally believe that. So what would be your two sentences if you could think <sighs> through right now? Like, or at least what stands out to you as main ideas that you would want to boil down more?
1: Well, I th- I do think the law needs to be a main theme and focus perhaps those that first line or those first two sentences of, of the gospel. Um, I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be the theme, I think. And then everything else is... Um, kind of explaining that, looking mm-hmm. back to the old law to say what actually gives some of that context that we were talking about with the commandments and with Sirach. Um, but ultimately boiling it down to, well, what does this mean for you and for me? And I think mm-hmm. that's what Jesus is getting at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I, think I, would, I would add
1: to that. That's more than that. two sentences.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would also add to that, though, what you highlighted earlier really well, which is the element of choice. Is that right. so if Jesus is giving us the new law and the new law is the path, are you going to choose that path? And it's not mm. an easy path. Like, I think I, like I have a bit of a soapbox when it comes to the new, the, the new Testament. And I think that people boil the New Testament down correctly, but I think a little bit superficially to love, which yeah. is correct. If you understand yeah. how Je- how Jesus understands. You're love. not wrong. Right. It's like love to Jesus means rooting out all anger, rooting out all lust, not swearing an oath, you know, not divorcing your wives. Like, that's love, you know, and, and it's, there's a struggle here because I think we can water down love to be just kind of a good, Feel good.
1: sentiment, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, so I would add to what you said. Jesus mm, is the lawgiver. Yeah. Here's the law. I like Here's that. the path. Will you choose the path? Because the path can be difficult. Because it requires of you an actual conversion. Right. You know, it's it's not just feel good. It's do good. Think of maybe <laughs> maybe even like, you know, there's an examination of conscience that can happen here. It's like, okay, mm. Jesus is saying whenever mm. you're angry with your brother, you know, you're liable to judgment. Yeah. How many times in the last hour have you expressed <laughs> anger in anger. your heart? Yeah. You know. Um, Ooh,
1: that would be interesting. Do you think there would be a place in a in a homily like this to do a brief examine? So you can do that. I'm not a big
0: fan of that. Um, I, I think a homily should be a homily. And I think yeah. an examination of contents should be an examination of contents. And I think yeah. like face sharing should be face sharing. So like I'm not a big fan of passing the mic, you know, sure. to the congregation. Um, I think that you can end your homily with a challenge, which is mm. like that could be the exhortative part, which is, you know, when you go home, or later today, or whatever, like pray an examination of conscience and ask yourself yeah. With these four things: How often have you committed the sin of anger, mm-hmm. the sin mm-hmm. of lust, uh, the sin of not sticking to your commitments? Like Jesus is very specific here, you know. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Clear. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I may do something like that. Hmm. Lots to think about.
0: Yeah, man. All right, cool. Any parting thoughts?
1: Other than GoPray? <laughs> Other than your usual? Got it. <laughs>
0: cool, man. All go right. Pray. Until next week. All right. See ya. P- peace.